0: Because the, I, my own, like, so it's this funny thing, right? Where it's like in competition piping and, and like parade piping and stuff like that. There's definitely a set of common marches that we play so many times that like it gets ingrained into your bones and the Athol Highlanders is one of those. Right. But I've never, ever encountered, this is just me, but I've never encountered that tune in any other context. Right. So it's like, so, so, so familiar to me but so weird to be hearing it anything other than from bagpipes in a parade. So it took me a while to realize what tune that was. So is this just my ignorance? Is this like a really well-known on the session or really known, really well-known tune on the session and stuff like that? Or is that just me? And like, why, how did you end up? Where'd you get that tune? (laughs) How'd you end up with that tune in there?
1: (laughs) I wouldn't say it's super well-known in the Irish trad scene, but it's not like unheard of. Gotcha. Did you
0: put it down as a right as a did you guys you guys lay it down? Kind of is it jiggy? Is it feeling like a jig?
2: Yeah, yeah. That that song came to us twice this year, actually. Our fiddler Reva, who joined us in March, uh, who joined us in May of this year, Mm. um, she previously played with a band called the Blarney Girls out in Tennessee. Cool name, and her, um audition tape i guess when i first talked with her was a set that include that included this song it's oh. like three bit and and this one and another so we had heard it um y- you know uh, the first time we heard it was a fiddler playing it but it came up again at one of the sessions do you guys remember which scottish festival it was this summer
1: the salt lake one mm. yeah i we- believe it was salt lake
2: we had was, a, that
0: the, was that the one that that was at like the fairgrounds or was it the one that was at that church in salt lake city
2: it's at the, the fairgrounds,
0: fairgrounds.
2: At the, yeah, yeah yeah we we held a session at both days at the salt lake city scottish festival this year and we had a guy bring his small pipes mm-hmm. and that was one of the tunes that he started and we just kind of latched onto it right
0: oh mm-hmm. it totally makes sense that a guy would if he you know if he's a a Piper, you know, a Highland Piper who showed up with small pipes. That would totally make sense for him to be playing that tune. I mean, you do such a great job with it. I love it. And I was there. I was there. I wish I'd walked over. And, I bet I heard. Were you guys on like that central stage, like kind of like, um, like right at the foot of where they did the mass bands and stuff like that? Yeah.
2: Yeah, that was us. Exactly. I'm,
0: I most definitely like stood there for a while listening to you, watched you <gasps> playing and stuff like that. How funny. And it was just well, that, that crazy that year, to think we about. all become best friends.
2: right just a few more steps
1: we weren't ready then what we are now yeah that's it yeah
2: (laughs) change the timeline
3: there's very few degrees of separation in the trad music right yeah that's
0: that's (laughs) right you can't ever go more than two people without being like oh okay (laughs) so then what um what what's the drone at the beginning what you what did you guys use for that drone the remember? drone
1: is actually my button accordion, which oh. um, unlike a chromatic accordion, uh, I it's a diatonic accordion. So I get a different sound for the push versus the pull oh, yeah, uh, yeah. the yeah. bellows. So I recorded about three seconds of it and our sound engineer uh, elongated that three seconds to however long we needed it for. Oh, it worked really well because, like, I I think I think I
0: can remember Sophie mentioning that you guys had intended to get Joe Perry to come and do some Illin drones for you, and I'm guessing maybe it was partly for that track, but that it yeah didn't that work track
1: out. and another track uh, that didn't make the album just because of time. Mm. But uh, we were gonna have him do the Wexford Carol.
0: Oh, what a great tune! Yeah, well that that was in the back of my mind already. So then, like, as I'm listening this, like, trying to like do my my detective work you know from listening i'm like is it strings is it did they get a hurdy gurdy in there like it wait is it illin pipe drones because like i i guess maybe maybe the repeat cycle that your engineer was using is, is similar to like the phasing that happens with drones anyway it's very it's very effective i sure liked it
2: he did a great yeah. job
1: with it. it was kind of a spur of the moment thing too we just gave it a shot and it worked
0: yeah 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 well, Sam, as long as as long as I'm asking you about this drone and and your 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 button accordion and everything anyway, uh tell me about yourself. What uh why did why do you play music and when
1: did that start? So, um I started playing the violin. That was the only instrument I played mm-hmm. from when I was about 7. Um it's funny, I actually wanted to play piano like my siblings and we got a new piano teacher, and she wouldn't teach piano standalone. She would only teach it in conjunction with the violin because that was her main instrument. Oh, interesting. Uh, I ended up dropping the piano not too long after I started but kept on with the violin. So hmm. that uh, that brought me through to college. I played violin in college. I just generally have a pretty strong knowledge of note reading and of scales and everything through violin Um, so I just kind of, most of my musical journey until recently has just been kind of expanding on the violin knowledge. Uh, I picked up a mandolin after I joined the band or rather a nicer mandolin. I I had like a $50 one that, um, had seen better days, Mm -hmm. but, um, starting to get more serious about it. I picked up a mandolin, started playing that a lot in the band. I also got an octave mandolin, which again, yeah, it has a really unique sound, but just I didn't really have to learn anything new because uh, I just read the notes Sneaky. the same and <laughs> the fingerings were all the same. Right. I just had to be a little more creative and how I played with a bigger instrument. Um, but kind of the banjo is where uh, where things really clicked for me. Yeah. Uh, it's loud. It's uh, kind of easy to play because they're just single strings instead of the double strings. Mm. So uh yeah, I've been doing a lot of banjo in the band. It's basically my main instrument, in and out of the band. So yeah, um, well, you so sound that,
0: great on it. So there's nothing wrong with that you. being your main instrument.
1: Thank you. So we use that for the for the song. Um, you can hear the intro uh, with a little bit more of a syncopated rhythm, uh, and then we launch into the saw three ships. Combine it, um, keeping the uh, Atoll Highlanders. Uh, music kind of going on at the same time our fiddler comes in she plays we're kind of just bouncing back and forth one of us will play the atoll highlanders and someone will and the other will play the three ships and mm. uh that that's kind of how we came up with the idea for that song we wanted to use that um that piping tune and then uh we kind of just rolled the dice until we found a christmas song that uh kind of match the vibe and the tempo of it and that was all we needed
0: that's just what i was wondering because that's that's part of what i felt was like so exciting and charming about this album is the the really great fusing of very familiar um holiday tunes on the one hand and very familiar uh trad tunes on the other that like i never would have thought to sandwich these together but y'all put them together real nice it sound they sound real good together yeah, really it's them. a
1: it's a formula that's worked for us in the past for the Christmas season, so we just kept using it.
0: When when I was in in high school, uh, in a you know learn learning the pipes in in the pipe band there, the um this was one of our favorite tunes just because it was so much fun to use the title and just act like we had a lisp and call each other Athels. <laughs> we thought we thought that was a really fun joke.
1: Yeah, to a high schooler, it I is get a it. really fun joke. That's still good. <laughs>
0: Still yeah. good, right? Not just a high schooler. Watch it, Sam.
1: <laughs> I'm an old man and it's still hilarious.
0: <laughs> We're all high schoolers at heart, so <laughs> ain't we though? Uh, that's awesome. Well, another one that's got like another excellent blend of that uh, uh, tra- trad tune with uh, with holiday tune is the, the next track, track two, the Gentleman Drowsy. Am, am I thinking of that right? Because now I've got it sitting in front of me, so I'm trying to remember that that was uh, Drowsy Maggie, right? And uh, Drowsy Maggie.
3: in those combinations in particular
0: it comes through like uh like so like it's just gelling y'all sound really great on that tune i mean on all of these tunes of course but i guess that it makes sense that y'all would have been doing this for a while maybe tell me a little bit about that how long have you guys been playing together and uh in what contexts and stuff like that i know i have come across your single that you had on Bandcamp as well but is this a is this large of an undertaking as far as recordings go a new thing for the group or not not so much
2: yeah uh, it, it is yeah. new um we've been playing together for what two and a half years now mm. does that sound that right
3: total i think it adds up to two and a half years yeah
2: yeah so gentlemen drowsy uh we formed um we started playing at farmers markets just kind of a group of people yeah that's fine Brad. and um by the time i joined like i could feel that there was something there you know mm excellent musicians playing good music and uh so we started performing kind of as the christmas season started and all we knew by then were, were trad tunes and so there was kind oh. of scramble of how do we um how do we transform these trad tunes that we know into a christmas set that's an hour long oh, and uh, that, we just that's started, so cool we just started pairing our, our carols with our tunes Like, um, hey, Drowsy's an E minor, what's a good E minor kind of reel that we could pair it with?
0: That's so fun that like this thing that like to me as the listener, I'm like, Whoa, what a cool concept. How did they come up with this? And ima- imagining like, you know, Sam, you mentioned like rolling the dice until you found a tune that fit. Right. That's exactly what I was wondering. Like, is this just like a jam around it until it works out thing? Or are we sitting down with like spreadsheets? We're on the one side, we got the Christmas tune. And the other side, we got the trad tune. We're finding stuff that'll fit and stuff. And you know, it's just, it's a delightful thing to, to hear you say, like the story begins in the Christmas season and a scramble to figure out how to get a set together. <laughs> but it, <laughs> It then blooms into this like complete thing that looks very much on purpose, you know, here a couple of years later. So that's that's super fun.
2: We do a lot of great experimentation in the moment. I feel like I'm definitely a spreadsheet person mm-hmm. where um I did sit down and and said, Okay, here are our tunes. These are reels, which Christmas songs are kind of like reels. Yeah. Um, but so much of the magic just happens when we're playing together and experimenting. Mm.
0: So do you feel like the band has like that? I feel like it's maybe like a classic thing in good groups where like you might have like, oh, what are the comparisons like the maybe the Roger Waters and the and the David Gilmore of Pink Floyd or the Paul McCartney and the John Lennon where it's like two different kinds of genius, but they kind of have different approaches. But that precisely that difference is what makes it so like something cool comes out of it. Do you feel like you're the spreadsheet person in the group and then somebody else is like, nah, let's just jam. But then like there's a tension that comes, turns into something special between you.
1: That's sort accurate. of, yeah. It, it's kind of picture that dynamic, but in a group of three people. Mm. Uh, there's the spreadsheet, there's the notes app on your phone, person, and then there's the no notes, it's all in my head, person. So the mm. three of us just kind of uh, bounce off each other until something comes out of it.
0: Mm. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I mean, I'm for, for every go
1: yeah for yeah. every go-to
3: tune pairing we come up with, there's probably two or three really bad ideas that mm. we have to get out of the way first you know yeah so it's it's definitely not everything we touch doesn't necessarily turn to gold on the first try and often we kind of have to go through a, an, iter, an iterative process of like trying something out and maybe it's just awful the first time We're like okay you know that that was a fun idea but maybe we'll play it a few times and then be like you know this just isn't quite it's not hitting as hard as it could. And, mm. and so maybe we'll give it up at that point and try something else. But, you know, we've, we've played enough together that over time, we've kind of worked out which ones we really like together. And mm. that was kind of the, uh, the process for the album. We had a couple of those already loaded from first, from previous Christmas shows. Mm-hmm. And then for the rest of them, we kind of just, We also kind of had a wish list of ones that we'd always wanted to do and never quite put together. And I Mm. feel like the album's track list is kind of a result of both of those coming together.
0: Mm, Gotcha. I I should have mentioned too, on the the first track, it looks like it's pretty much the core group. You've got Riva on fiddle, Sam on banjo and accordion, Chris, you're on the bazooki, Sophie, you're on bass, and then you've got this percussionist who pops up a lot on these tracks, Charles, um, and then in track two that we just heard in Gentleman Drowsy, you add in a couple of guests, right? Or, or is it just the one guest on the Hammered Dulcimer, Stephanie?
1: One other guest as well. We have uh, oh, Emily Emily, I see, Emily yeah. on the accordion. Yeah. Uh, and she's fantastic. We have loved playing with her ever since we uh, kind of adopted her a little bit uh, from the BYU group. Um... You Sam, know, are we, you not
0: are you not in one of those classic uh, who's the cuter accordion player
1: situations where <laughs> the two of you
0: are constantly at, at loggerheads fighting over it?
1: Uh, you know, she uh, she can run such tight circles around me on the accordion. I'm still in my infancy. So, uh, you know,
0: fight her for it. <laughs> no, no,
1: she'll win. So um, but, you know, she's awesome. We uh, she's pretty busy with school. She's still in college. So, um, we, we consider her like when we have her, that's the real band. Uh, yeah. it's just kind of unfortunate that a lot of the times we have to make do without her just because she's, she's busy,
4: mm-hmm.
1: got a and life that ha- success in front of her and we have to let her, let her do that while we, uh, just kind of, uh, steal her just be for excited when, different you, can, shows and when stuff. you can get her. Yeah, yeah exactly
0: well those um, accordion players they're very popular
2: i i would like to mention that sam's accordion playing on this album um he had only been playing for i think three weeks like his oh, accordion came Sam, in the mail my goodness. <laughs> three weeks before we recorded his parts
1: yeah i one song uh all oh holy night that's my claim to fame that accordion was actually mean it was actually a melody and not just a drone so Well, hey man, that's that's. I mean, within
0: that 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 little amount of time, most people haven't even admitted to their parents that they play accordion yet. (laughs) You
3: were already putting it on the album.
1: (laughs) Oh, I was bragging about it from day one. Yeah,
3: (laughs) Sam was up about it from day one. So kind of the inverse. He did he
2: did an (laughs) unboxing video for us. Oh yeah.
1: Is, is that yeah. out on the youtube oh. sam can we uh can we put a link to that in the show notes it's it's <laughs> deep in the recesses of our uh facebook uh com facebook messenger conversations oh gotcha well we'll, we'll dig
0: it up for the like the band retrospective 50-year <laughs> anniversary special book or something oh yeah i'm there down for can. that so what about the hammer dulcimer i mean that's a a fun unique instrument and uh sure was effective in this track how'd you guys find uh How'd you guys find Stephanie? Is that, uh, had you worked with her before, or did you just go post a wanted ad for a a Dulcimer player? Well, actually, we,
3: so, okay, the story with Stephanie is, oh gosh, uh, we, we have, we try to play a lot of different types of gigs. One of the kind of gigs we'll play is fantasy slash Renaissance Fair vibes, kind of. We try and offer that to events. So, yeah. Maybe we'll, go play at Evermore um, mm-hmm. in their restaurant. We've done that a number of times. Or we'll go to Renaissance fairs and they'll have us there, which is, you know, it's all very nice. Nice people, and we get to dress up, and it's a good time. We play enough weird instruments that we fit right in. Yeah. But during the, um, during the Utah Renaissance fair that's, that was held at Thanksgiving point, uh, we happened to bump into a hammered dulcimer player. Uh, who was there? Just kind of, you know, plinking along, and as as you do, you know, plinking
0: along. Just,
3: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd that's really what they
0: do. That. Yeah, those dulcimer that's players. Exactly
3: what <laughs> plink is exactly the sound that a hammer dulcimer
0: makes. Yeah. So,
3: um, yeah. Well, as as we like to do, we just kind of started jamming together with her, and Charles was actually there, and me and. Stephanie and Charles ended up just jamming together for a, a few numbers kind of on the fly and gosh how long ago was that a year and a half but we decided in that moment okay we, we need to work together at some point so that's how we as- first established contact um, mm. she's she's actually she's I mean she has got quite a few instruments under her belt very weird instruments uh, the hammered dulcimer is kind of a rarity in itself but I don't know if you know what an auto harp is, but she's a very good auto harp player.
0: Mm. Oh, um, that comes up on this album actually, doesn't it?
3: It does. Yeah, there's an auto harp solo in the uh in the ending track, the closing track. Uh, we Don't Wish you don't, Christmas. don't worry,
0: Chris. You you're you're in um you're in good company when it comes to weird instruments. The I I, I suspect that it's a it's a pretty widespread thing that amongst the bagpipers. There's that's not the only <laughs> less common instrument to perp- a person who's drawn to the bagpipes is often going to be drawn to these other ones too so no sweat you're, right, exactly you're, you're, yeah no you're way. talking to the right yeah. people
3: <laughs> these people know what hurdy-gurdies are you know That's uh, right. do they know what, what sultry is
0: oh uh, there's a, i i, a, I don't a,
3: it's like a triangle it looks like imagine a giant uh classic block like cheese wedge oh That's okay shape never mind i do <laughs> <laughs> i
2: know the
0: and one you mean i used to screams, i used to drool over then... those in the lark in the morning catalog that i got at home <laughs> when i was a kid
2: <laughs> nerd <laughs> she admitted yep. that was such that
0: too,
1: embarrassment
2: so.
0: <laughs> yeah what are you talking about <laughs>
2: Never,
0: we've all
3: drooled over the lark in the morning catalog at some point. yeah <laughs> or but uh yeah no she plays both sultry she she just yeah has this massive just collection of all these kind of zither style instruments that she likes. Mm. And so yeah, we when we finally I I just knew. I had it in my mind even back then that it would be fun to do a Christmas album. And I knew that whenever that happened, we were going to have Stephanie on with us. Mm. So I'm just absolutely tickled pink that we managed to get her for so many of the tracks and get that very distinctive and kind of folksy and warm but also kind of mysterious sound of the hammered dulcimer over yeah. so many of the arrangements
0: oh yeah you guys have great uh is is the name for like textures like the the flavors it's it's many layered here you got your your windy sound and stuff and your you got your droney stuff and your 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 strummed strings and your plucked strings and your plinked strings and it's a <laughs> it's a really great mix i'm loving the sound when when it comes when we come on to track four the uh wences lost pokas i feel like we've got to pause there for a minute because having having uh recently done that show with you guys uh i know that you've got a soft spot in in your hearts for pokas yes so
2: yeah the dream is 100 have like, a 45 minute set of just pokas
0: pure poka madness that's what we're
2: that's what we're working towards <laughs> that's good good <laughs> i want to i want to have you-
3: Amount of our direction as a band is to play music for people that they would not have chosen to listen to <laughs> if they weren't at the same place, unfortunately, and same time. The, you know, you're as just us.
0: taking and advantage we, of the captive audience you've got in front of you. Exactly. We force the
1: them, yeah. <laughs> them to love it. We force them to love it, and they just get up and dance. Uh, right, well,
3: it's not very hard to make people love polkas. I mean. When a polka starts playing, I just noticed that everyone just kind of in their heart, in their blood, they know that it's time to party. It's time to yeah, dance. Yeah. Kids especially know it because they're uninhibited, so they'll just start dancing.
0: And we make we make jokes about polkas. Polka. But yeah, it, it it's maybe oh, it's you, the purest, truest art form, isn't it?
2: Do you uh, play polkas on the pipes? Is that common?
0: It's a possible thing. It's it's doable. Oh. I would I wouldn't say it's like common at least in the competitive piping scene but mm-hmm. uh i would imagine more common w- in, when you get toward the the more folksy kind of side of, of things cool but uh well, we, they're, great we because
3: they're so simple yeah but, and and they're so easy to pick up They're simple melodies they, they go fast they're fun uh, yeah
0: you know yeah it's it it might it might not surprise y'all to know that there's there's a surprising crossover um amongst bagpipers and accordion enthusiasts. And so I suspect that there probably are a lot of bagpipers who have a lot of polka exposure, but via the accordion rather than via the pipes. Uh, but here's the thing. To me, it wasn't so much a surprise to see a polka set on this album. It was just a surprise that I didn't see more polka sets on this album. <laughs> Did you have to hold yourselves back to not turn other holiday tunes yeah, into, into polka? Yes, yes. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs>
2: like... Yeah, <laughs> Poka's going well. Everything. We
3: wish you, yeah. I I mean polka. It's yeah. There's you could make an argument that we wish you a Merry Christmas is polka esque. So I, I I could I would keep okay, yeah. that argument if someone made it. Yeah. But yeah, there's there's some, it, the polka is kind of in my opinion the style is kind of a combination of a, a certain BPM. It's four four and it has a certain level of complexity to the melody past that I feel like you get into real territory and then it, mm. you know the, the melodies are kind of simple and quick mm-hmm. um, and so yeah I'd say potentially or, uh, we wish you a merry Christmas is definitely potentially classifiable as a poker that's at least how I was thinking about it
0: we yeah, that's, that's, that's fair and, and on that track um, of course we've got Chris we've got you on the, on the bazooki And we've got, we must also have you on Bazooki. Oh, Bazooki and Whistle on the next track on Three Kings. So maybe we'll hear some of that. We'll listen to a little bit of the three... little bit about yourself uh why do you play music when did that start and uh whistles and bazookies, that's a fun direction did it start there
3: um well it all started it actually started with me receiving a key of c penny whistle when i was a teenager and then putting it in a box and forgetting about it for a decade so that's that's the beginning of my irish journey right It's Um, funny
0: that it started with the key of C. That seems like that would be less common. Well,
3: they're the cheapest, and it was given to me as a gift by someone who didn't know. Mm -hmm. So I imagine they just picked it up, thought, oh, we'll give it to Chris. He likes music. He likes, he plays the clarinet. Maybe he'll enjoy this. And yeah, I mean, I played it a couple times, but then, you know, even though I liked, you know, at the time, all I knew about Celtic music was like Celtic women or the Windham Hill healthy christmas albums
0: ah uh, yes
3: um those are i mean they're classics right but very normie taste in terms of irish music yeah but um i guess it all started back up when i got a little toy bower and drum from my sister for christmas i don't know maybe four or five years ago and i was like wow this is awesome and i started learning how to play it even though you know it was a literal like toy souvenir bower drum
0: i was gonna say i don't think you're supposed to play and, those chris <laughs> they're just supposed well, to the ball. <laughs> I'll
3: yeah, take it as a I challenge
0: kind of, <laughs> yeah, i nice. kind of
3: i mean the, the skin doesn't look so great anymore um yeah but you know i played it and i learned how i don't know i'm not a, a really good bower player but I did learn how to authentically play it with the undersized tipper that it came mm-hmm. with. And then I thought, Hey, I have that whistle. So I pulled the whistle out and started learning how to play that. And then I just started learning a bunch of tunes. And then I ordered a D whistle because my Clark's D whistle wasn't enough. And then I ordered a tweaked D whistle because it was always flat. And
0: Oh, did you, did know, you get one just, of those, one of those tweaked generation whistles?
3: Uh, it was a Clark. So yeah. it was one of the you know the ones that are made of the rolled metal the rolled sheet metal. Oh yeah, with the little wood thing cheap. for
0: the fipple at the top. Uh huh. The little. Oh the little yeah. Cork those man, that's where the you top. started. Those. I've, my experience oh, at least is that those will just suck the air out of your lungs like nobody's business. I got to think going from that to anything else. They do. do. No. Well, oh, it, it was it was an
3: l- absolute life changer to get to finally get. I think I my next one was a Clark, but it was one with a plastic mouthpiece. Yeah, but it was yeah. still a conical. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, yeah, literally you pass out trying to play one of those (laughs) rolled Clark whistles, but you know, it, you know, it prepared me for things to come.
0: Yeah. Great way to start. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Now I, my favorite whistle now is just a simple Tony Dixon tunable D, but I also have a soft spot for my low D whistle, which is a Susato tunable. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're both affordable, you know, kind of lower end whistles. And that's because I just have other things to spend my money on, you know? Oh, I
1: hear you. And
3: whistles are one of those instruments that have the advantage of being so cheap that you don't really have to spend a ton of money to get a super useful instrument.
0: Yeah. I was talking about that with my friend Jeremy a little while ago, uh, who has a really cool uh, Bagpiping and History podcast himself about how like, I mean, of course you can spend a lot on whistles and they are lovely. So, you know, that's an option, but he was was just pointing out that like whistles and um, jaw harps are two instruments that like you can have a really good instrument for very little money. And that's pretty cool.
3: Yeah. And the other thing is, well, whistles and jaw harps have this in common too, is they're stuck in a key, right? You can Uh, squeeze, you know, a few keys out of one instrument, but go beyond that and you're in trouble. So it's nice that they're cheap because then you can buy an array of them that allows you to cover, you know, a bunch of different, a bunch more keys. You know, the key restriction is something that pipers are familiar with. So it's not.
0: Yes, we are so very familiar with
3: that, yeah. (laughs) You can't exactly buy, it's a little bit more difficult to buy, you know, an array of bagpipes to cover all the
0: possible keys. So (laughs) that's for sure, that's for sure. Hey friends, I'll be quick, I promise. I want to get you back to this uh, really great music. I want you to be able to enjoy it some more. So thanks again to The Real Folk for coming on the show. What a bunch of delightful folk they are indeed. And what a great album. Uh, I'm sure you've been enjoying it so far. I've sure enjoyed it over and over again the last several days and continue to do so. Probably as you're listening to this, I'm probably listening to this album again because I like it that much. So if you want to get a copy of your own, I've got a link to where you can find it on Bandcamp in the show notes. Hop over there and look for them elsewhere, too. Of course, they're all over the YouTubes and the social medias and all that kind of stuff. We'll have links for all that in the show notes. I also want to give a quick, sincere, and genuine thank you to everybody supporting the show. Jim, of course, who who mails in the the checks slash gold bullion every once in a while. Uh, we were just barely recently uh, joined by uh, M.D., who seems to be a Mel Brooks fan over on the Patreon. Uh, we, got, we got Alec over there, and, and John Charles, of course, Rod, Carol, Ted, Sarah, Andrew, Bradley, Mike, Alan, Jeremy, J.D., and there from the beginning, the first ever Camille. Thank you all so, so very much very kind of you and in, indeed indeed also uh th- thank you too to ted and mike who aren't currently uh patronizing the show but have in the past like i'm still very grateful to you i try try really hard to make it clear whenever somebody hops on there that like any amount of support is support like i'm just flattered that anybody would even want to listen to the show i'm so so just just thank you that's what i'm trying to say here is thank you and as a thank you of course we got our a dope giveaway to do here so we'll be giving away a copy of this album And I actually already rolled for it, Um, so I already know that Carol won. But for the sake of the foley, because it's just so nice, here comes the dice one more time. Mm. That dice that's so nice, you got to roll it twice. So, thank you again. Congrats to you you there, Carol. I hope everybody has a really happy holiday. Uh, Feel free to write into the show anytime. we got our email address and social media stuff down in the show notes as well. We'll get back to the show. just a little bit more from you Chris about the bazooki um the bazooki is a is an accompaniment uh, instrument that a lot of us pipers hear a lot these days with small pipes and so i think a lot of us are if not very familiar with it at least like kind of familiar with it but at least for me personally like i'm in the kinda camp i don't know every like as far as i understand like sam you mentioned that you played the 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 octave mandolin for a while like i don't know nah. that i would know the difference between an octave mandolin and a bazooki and in that that last set uh that uh what was track 5 called three kings you were playing um, yes trip to pakistan in there which like sounds cool on the bazooki like i don't know maybe give me like an idiot's guide to the bazooki if you'd be willing to
3: sure um well you're not alone not being able to tell the irish bazooki from the octave mandolin they're very similar instruments on the face of it but you know how dolphins and sharks kind of look the same through convergent evolution you uh, sure, though yeah. they're from
0: totally different
3: <laughs> backgrounds that's kind of what's going on with these two instruments so i see even though they ended up having almost an identical form factor um to the point that you can kind of just tune one to the other and you know fake
2: yeah,
3: the bouzouki yeah. comes from uh traditional greek music mm. originally um and it got irishized and brought over relatively recently in terms of folk music Mm. um but you know mid 1900s i think maybe like 1960 or 70 even when it came in possibly but uh i mean it used to be kind of a bowl-backed lute and the irish gave it a flat back they changed its strings to be G D A D. Oh, and um right i mean it used to be it, it, the classic style of a greek zouthia is three course not four course right so oh is it yeah th- at least that that's kind of the you know the the original one and usually it's a dad tuning mm. on those
0: very droney um, then i'd
3: imagine oh yeah no i mean that might be one reason it works so well with bagpipes um yeah oh, for sure both- it's
0: very droney yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, the the bouzouki excels at being able to play melody lines on the higher strings while kind of just sustaining a droning sound on the lower strings. Mm. Um, and when you throw in a G a G course on you know on the lowest pitch, as you do in the Irish bouzouki, you're able to um, you're able to really it, it becomes an accompaniment beast like you're able mm. to very easily learn how to accompany and a lot of the chords that are kind of traditional to Irish music they jump really easily out of the bouzouki's fretboard so oh, it, it doesn't take very much time to kind of learn those shapes And so if you play other kinds of you know strung fretted instruments you're able to pretty quickly pick up the bouzouki and it's and with a capo you can basically mm. accompany anything with it uh on the fly quite easily. So it's yeah, it's really good for sessions in that in that regard.
0: I I find that really encouraging and I can't I'm sure I'm not the only piper who finds that encouraging because like, you know, you're thinking like, well I kind of want to play another thing, but I'm scared of it being hard. (laughs) You know, (laughs) someone's like, well this isn't that hard. That that makes (laughs) bagpipers think
2: that bagpipers think that other instruments will be hard.
0: This bagpiper does. At least there's (laughs) at least one of us.
3: I mean, look, I'm not afraid to let the cat out of the bag. I mean, bagpipers—they're kind of just playing a whistle that won't shut up, you know. <laughs> that like, it's kind up.
4: of
0: <laughs> Once I start, I'm not going to stop. Yeah, it's totally. <laughs> right. <There's>, thing. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and uh, so you know, if I I I've messed around a little bit on pipes, and you know, the fingerings are pretty similar to whistle fingerings, and there's a lot of transferable skills there back and forth, and. I feel like the Irish Pazooki is another one that's relatively, I, I, I don't want to, you know, I'm not trying to disparage Pazooki players and say that they're all just, you know, low skill or anything like that. But what I am saying is I think that the, the time that it takes to get up to a, a level where you might feel comfortable accompanying people at a session is probably a lot quicker than say a guitar
0: oh i see um, I, I totally see what you mean like like of, of course there's like depth and breadth and and great heights that you can rise to through hard work on the instrument but like that that initial barrier to entry is is maybe comparatively uh, in
3: my yeah in my experience yeah. yes absolutely um gotcha. i i jumped on the mandolin for a little bit after the whistle and then from there i went to the bouzouki and i've just had a great time with it mm-hmm. for a couple of years now mm-hmm. um and yeah, I mean, I strongly recommend it to anyone who just, who wants to learn maybe an accompaniment Irish instrument but that can kind of do rhythm and chords in a really flexible way. Um, the bouzouki is there. It's a great choice. Yeah, and that's cool. yeah, that's cool. I didn't know that about uh, bazooki players and pipers being good friends. But, uh, yeah it it's definitely sense.
0: it's popping up a lot um there's some really cool pipers uh i mean immediately come into my mind is a guy named ross ainsley and a gal named bridget campbell who both have done albums and performances with um bazooki players there's one named i think his name is steve burns who's popped up with them a couple of times on bazooki but they, they're not the only ones yeah definitely it seems like a match made in heaven and it seems to be popping up more than ever these days but
3: sweet yeah I mean, I've definitely enjoyed jamming with a few small pipes players that I've jammed with. I've even mm. managed to jam with war pipes a couple times, though. Nice. It required me playing as hard as I possibly could. I
0: imagine, yeah. <laughs>
3: um, in order to be heard. So, yeah. but you know, it's yeah, it's it's uh, it's a lovely instrument. I I love the sound that it gives. It's a little bit more folksy, and it has a more kind of sitar-esque shaped body, so mm. it looks more fantasy and it gets you know it's a it's a it fits a little bit more into like a rent affair, uh than oh, sure. a guitar yeah. mind you know and so it's yeah, just that makes sense it, it helps me fulfill my dream of being a real life dungeons and dragons fantasy bard.
0: yeah so okay well look sophie i want to hear about you and i want to talk about oh holy night but that's too perfect to tra- uh, uh what transition is that the word what's the word for uh when you do a really good job way. Yeah, segue. Segway. I mean, of course, yes. you know, I killed the segue, right? But that—that was that would have been a great segue if I'd been a smooth operator.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: to ask you, what is this critical role thing you guys did a little while ago?
2: We just we just know so many cool people yeah. and that's the culmination of this album too is just meeting amazing people and then collaborating with them mm. so I, we each had a part in it i mean um a, another artist that we met at a renaissance fair um her name is aaron and she does fantasy harp and we wanted to collaborate with her and she chose the song actually and then mm. um and then Chris and Sam um, Chris uh arranged the song and then um Sam had this amazing connection to the videographers.
1: Mm. Yeah, they live below my floorboards. Hey, that's in the basement a apartment below me. Yeah. <laughs> so they were totally down to do it and they
0: freaking killed it. I'll have I'll have a link to this in the show notes for anybody who hasn't seen it before. It's super good. And maybe I'll even pull some audio from it here into the into the uh interview as well if that works for you guys Um, yeah
2: please do we um we filmed that at a store in provo at the provo town center called we geek together they're like mm. a fantasy fantasy gaming store and they were kind enough to set up their store i mean their store looks like a tavern anyway but um everything that you'll see the indoor shots um all of those props are from their store and i mean we took over half of their store for half of a day they were Mm. so so generous with us and then the cosplayers all donated their time to um these are people that uh, we found who had created their cosplays um previously and yeah it was just amazing
0: yeah it 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 came off like not like just so good so good you know like like i don't want to say like like in a disparaging way like well it wasn't campy because like campy can be good too but like it came out really great like the video the the audio the the costumes all of it that's so good really well done guys
2: thank you so much
0: yeah yeah now sophie it was super fun to me and really anybody who hasn't seen it hop in the show notes it's so excellent to watch but now sophie I've, i've I put it off for too long. I want to hear these these pipes. I did not. I've I've only been aware of you as a bass player. I didn't know that you sang like this. So we're going to listen to some of "Oh Holy Night" here, and um, I want you to tell me about it, and also what about child? yourself. When did what you start doing it? music? Oh, oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> Let me just build it all up and then say exactly the wrong <laughs> thing.
2: What
5: child is this? Ooh. <sighs>
0: Tell me about that tell me about yourself how'd you get into music when did you start singing versus other stuff you know tell me about, about all of this
2: oh sure i i don't think my parents could stop me from singing mm. as a, i it was probably very annoying um <laughs> but i i picked up bass in seventh or eighth grade um I, I played electric bass in the jazz band and then um the obvious transition was to string bass and the orchestra and I played that all through high school and um, and then in college I, I did some jazz and I played in a bluegrass band um, but singing has been a constant
4: mm. uh,
2: for a while I was really into like classical choral and semi-professional choirs and uh, I sang opera chorus for a couple of years in Detroit mm. um, but singing with this band, um, it's, a, it's such a different collaborative experience than mm. being in a genre. You know, when you sing in classical music, there, there are expectations in the drama of how you're going to sound and how the song is going to go. And I just really loved having the, the Sean Nose freedom of mm. making that track exactly what I wanted to make it. I I pulled in um, my friend Eliza, who plays flute. She yeah. and I actually do a, a traditional Gaelic act at Scottish festivals. We've mm-hmm. done it in Miami the past couple of years. They'll so fly us out. And uh, she is fluent in Gaelic and Scottish Gaelic. And I accompany her on harp, actually. So um, I was so grateful that she came and and rec- and recorded the flute for What Child Is This? And I'll tell you, I, I sent her a couple of texts of like what I wanted the track to be like, like, okay, we have this traditional tune lag and love, we're going to put what child is this lyrics to it. Yeah. Um, but when at the studio, um, we had her for a day and and had her record, um, you know, trip to Pakistan and she has a, a solo and we wish you and just all of this really amazing flute work. That she does. Um, but she understood the assignment for this song immediately. I mm. think she heard the drone and heard yeah. just the beginning of my vocals, and then she just whipped out that amazing flute solo. It's got then, such a
0: cool sound.
2: Like oh, it, didn't the, she? Oh she's that breathy
0: just, kind of quality to it and all of the like slurs up and down and stuff. And yeah, so so cool.
2: So fabulous. She's actually a very talented jazz flautist too. So um mm. we just we're lucky enough to surround ourselves by amazing people
0: yeah and was that drone another uh, button box drone or was that something else
2: yeah that was studio magic with sam's accordion and then uh halfway through the song i did add in some bass drone I'm ah,
0: yeah gotcha now that that uh what is it La- Lagging love is that the name mm-hmm. of the the tune the guy used there
2: yes yeah yeah
0: it it actually it, Sophie yeah go ahead
3: oh sorry oh no just yeah so that tune lag and love uh, sophie made one of my dreams come true with this track because i've i've the first time i ever i can't we can't exactly take all the credit for pairing that tune with that carol because mm. i mean obviously what child is this is normally paired with the green sleeves tune sure yeah but um Apollo's fire, um, which is a Baroque orchestra. Um, I mean, I, they put out this, um, this album called Sacrum Mysterium, right? It's a Celtic Christmas Vespers album. Mm. Uh, I strongly recommend giving that a listen through during the holiday season. It's just, it'll take you right back to kind of ancient, you know, medieval and Baroque sounds and, they they have their um their soprano sings it and just does a magnificent job and i've always thought that it's just such a beautiful a beautiful tune to put the words to Mm. um and we're just so used to hearing what child is this and those words to the green sleeves tune that when you take it out of that context and bring it into this new one um I don't know i feel like it really it lets you kind of you know consider it all over again kind of with fresh yeah.
0: ears yeah it changes the way the way the way that you listen to it huh well well yeah, really yeah, because... well done sophie freaking beautiful
2: hey, thank you so much i um there's a recording of lag and love by the chieftains and their latest album which i think is like 2010 or 2012. Um. Hmm and the vocalist on that one is Lisa Hannigan, and uh, she's really who I was trying to emulate just very like, primal, yeah. uh, earthy kind of sound, you know, and, um and just a very simple arrangement. So mm. again, this is kind of maybe the first time in my musical musical career where I feel like I have this creative freedom. Like Mm. this has really been so excellent to get into the studio and um, we kind of split up the tracks, I guess, on who did the arranging and and chose musicians to play on it and stuff. But um, that's just been so fulfilling for me.
0: That seems to have worked out well, though. I mean, like it's not it's not like like the album, of course, has so many artists in it that, of course, there's going to be variety there. But, you know, I certainly didn't reach the end of the album on my third or fourth or even fifth listen through and think like there's one mind behind this you know like there's variety and that I think that that's a good thing and that that's uh, probably a cool decision to, on your part to to do it that way
2: thank you and, wow. and actually
0: you, you mentioned your your background in sort of like more classical and formal kind of like uh maybe like choral music and stuff and I feel like kind of kind of calling back do you remember track three light of the stable mm-hmm which i i didn't know i've never heard that tune before at all but i did wonder like the, whoever's singing lead there also did a great job but there's this like really strong kind of choral backup going up going on there was that is that because you're did you do that sophie is that because you're because you're a choir gal hail
6: hail to the newborn king let our voices sing him our phrases Guiding light that brought us tonight to our Savior. Oh. Oh. so bright to the knowing light of the stable, kneel close to the child so dear, cast aside your fear and be thankful.
2: Recorded, and uh, that was a request from our fiddler Riva. Oh, like that was a song she wanted on the album, um, and it's more of like a country gospel feel.
4: Mm-hmm. So,
2: um, I did do some like directing in the. You know, I I felt like a a director. You know, mm. um, as we all recorded it together, but um, yeah, that like that lead singer Josh McNapp he has a big country background, and then. Mm. Uh we pulled in some friends for the the backing vocals, but that's uh, Chris and I and then our friend Danny. Hail,
6: hail to the newborn king. Let our voices sing him our praises. Hail, hail to the guiding light that brought us tonight to our savior.
1: from the couch it was really fun well who was gonna somebody had to right yeah Sam. (laughs) yeah well it was was funny that you mentioned light of the stable I was gonna say something about it because there's a lot of variety in the tracks and uh, each one of us kind of has a track that we all like advocated for Mm. like we three kings is definitely Chris's baby Mm. Uh, the three ships is definitely my baby uh you know and what child is this for Sophie and like Sophie mentioned Revo was like I love this song and Mm -hmm. I want to do it and we were like yes
0: yeah your wish as host I now get to play the part of a judge of the baby contest and I'm gonna pick which of your babies is the best please don't I can't handle this (laughs) (laughs) I can't handle rejection (laughs) (laughs) I'm just joking well, hop, hop, hop oh, you thank then. T- tell me about tell me about track nine. Oh, holy night! Um, really, really pretty. I, I enjoyed. I felt like there's like a lot of like different voices going on here. You know, not just like vocal voices, but you know, like it seems like probably different whistles and and flutes and and all kinds of different stuff going on there. Um, and how do you pronounce that fairy tune? Is it show big? Sh- she big br- She more. Beg she beg she, beg she more. <laughs> another another great pairing i thought of of uh, a trad tune and a, and a and a carol like so fun so what about that one was that another casting the dice or did you guys know ahead of time like oh these two will go together is this pulled from from live sets how did how did this one happen
2: um i, I arranged this one mm-hmm. and we had mentioned oh holy night in brainstorm sessions and it's been done so many times before especially
1: mm. with female vocals mm. yes
2: yeah, so we talked about how we could make it different. I think we we knew that we didn't want um, spoken not not spoken, but we didn't want sung lyrics. Mm. Um, and um, the violinist for this track, Melissa Draper, is oh yeah,
0: it wasn't um, it wasn't it wasn't though.
2: our regular fiddler. We actually met her at the Salt Lake City Scottish Festival mm. this year. Um, She saw our set and then we were sitting and watching another band. Is that right, guys? And she came up. Yeah, that's
3: how it went down, if I recall.
2: She Mm. came up and and just said, I loved your set. You guys sounded great. And we've learned that when someone comes up and tells us that we sound great, they're either A, a musician or they have some other connection to Irish music. So we've gotten very good at asking like, oh, well do you play an instrument and secondly would you like to come jam with us
4: yeah yeah. it
2: turns out melissa is a professional violinist she plays regularly at ballet west and has played with the orchestra at temple square and is just fabulous and i wanted to have her on this album it was just a question of which track and I, love, to,
0: I, um, I love all of this, you guys, that like so much of this is like every single one of these is packed full of all these amazing guests. And all of them have a story that you were at the Ren Fair or at the Scottish Festival or whatever. And it's like you're saying yes to the universe. It, I know it sounds really cheesy, <laughs> right? But like that's kind of what you're doing. You're just like you've got your antennas out there. You're going out into the world. And as things come, you're
1: just saying, yeah, hello. Hi. Yeah. And look what it turns into. This is so cool if that's accurate I feel like that's kind of how we operate the band normally Mm. is between the three of us we're kind of like the owners and the like we're just steering the ship a little bit Mm. um but we love we we can always sense when uh um someone has a little bit of an itch they need scratched Mm. a little bit of an interest in what we're doing and like that's how it is with like uh uh Emily our accordion player Mm. um it's just like they need a little bit more outlet in their lives to um, play some cool folk music and where uh, we just try to be there and help them make it happen. Are, are you guys also like especially
0: catering to the harp community? Because it seems like maybe you like went to the harp shelter and adopted a few harpists because like you've you got, <laughs> do you have four yeah, different harpists one, yeah. listed on the, on the yeah. credits for this album?
3: <laughs> that mostly that falls on Sophie's shoulders, I think. And
0: I, I mean, don't want really to have Zophie as yes, a harpist sorry. here either. So there's yeah. the five harpists on the album.
2: <laughs> I, did we set a record for the most harpists on a track? I
1: didn't even realize in... until now.
2: I'll I'll talk yes, about I'll, the the majority of the harpists in a minute, but um Chris actually has the connection to Caroline who plays for oh, O Roger Um Joe Perry's. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well and I've that, heard her play before, yeah.
2: And you'll hear her on "We Wish You." She is on fire every time yeah. she
1: plays. So fast! Oh, yeah, that's super little-known
3: cool. story, but I'll, I'll, I mean, I knew Caroline because we lived in the same neighborhood. Mm. And when I was kind of getting into the whistle, she happened to mention, "Oh, uh, did you know I play Celtic harp?" And I said, "That's pretty cool." Um, and in those early days, I went. I went to one of Joe Perry's sessions that he has with his. With his group, and yeah. I invited her to come the next week, but then I didn't make it back. And uh, she did go. Yeah, and, and then she ended up joining she, his band. Just, she ended up joining his band. So <laughs> if I'd only held off, maybe she would have joined our band. But I mean, she does, well, she makes amazing music with
0: that And, and where, where's I, your agent's commission from all the all the gigs she gets,
3: huh? <laughs> uh, oh
0: gosh, I oh, mean. Car-
2: Caroline has been playing at, since childhood. Her father makes harps, oh, really? harps on the East coast. Yeah. In Maryland. Wow. And, um, she, I mean, she went to like Celtic music camp growing up where, in middle where, school and high school. Where was that
0: camp? I was, I had, know,
2: I had right? to
0: go to scout. I went to camp Jeremiah Johnson and had to Get watch this. out for rattlesnakes and stuff. It. That doesn't sound, that sounds way nicer.
2: Yeah, listen. So they would learn a bunch of tunes. They would basically make an album in a week. So they would learn wow. a bunch of tunes and then together they would arrange it and then perform it. And, and that's what
0: kids were doing every summer.
2: I know. Like, where, what was I doing?
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, it just goes to show how interconnected and how vibrant the local kind of Utah folk music scene is. You know, she especially people who move in, you know, all they really need is one connection and that connection can just explode into a million connections in a year, you know? Yeah. yeah. And that was, I I feel like that was the case with her. She just needed to find a group to play with. And now, I mean, she's just become such an awesome member of their band. And Mm -hmm. we were, we were so lucky to get her to come accompany us and play on our album and throw down a really awesome solo at, uh, we, I mean, that last track that we that we did, We Wish You Merry Christmas. I mean, I'm sure we'll get into it a little later, but we were like, you know, if you can't play your solo at full speed, don't worry, like the tempo's all over the place, you know, between the tunes. So just whatever you're comfortable with. And then she just blazed off the solo at absolute <laughs> max speed. She was like, so, could you guys
0: actually pick it up a little? <laughs> she like, yeah,
3: this is fine. And we said, <laughs> okay, well... You, go for it then you know oh, she's great. she's so accomplished that we were just happy but yeah i mean besides her the rest of the harpists i think sophie got in on it
2: yeah so a couple years ago i think a year ago um i do i really enjoy playing bass um i enjoy being part of a rhythm section i i love like feeling the vibrations of the bass against my body i think like hold mm. i don't know it's I I love playing bass, but um, as we're booking shows, I sometimes feel a little useless because if we don't have a melody player or we don't have a rhythm player, we don't have a gig. And yeah. so I had this brilliant idea of, well, I'm going to play a melody instrument. So I purchased a small harp. And um, it turns out playing the harp is pretty difficult. Like playing trad tunes yeah. on the harp is pretty difficult. So, um, I've been taking lessons, and uh, it it's coming slowly, but that kind of dexterity it kind of like violin, probably it just it takes years to mm. to uh build that skill so um bring a torch Jeanette Isabella uh, features four harpists that are all in my teacher's harp studio. Bridget Jackson is a local harpist. Um, her band actually won the NPR Tiny Dust concert. This oh, year.
0: yeah. Okay, then I, I saw the video bit. they submitted. That was super cool. They're out of Springfield, oh.
2: right? Yeah, right. Yeah, that was awesome. She um, yeah, so deserves she's been to like, win. On tour for NPR all summer. That's which so is cool. cool. But um, she was so helpful. She recorded all of the heart parts um, in her studio and then mm. we fixed them. Um, we mixed them later, but.
0: Sophie, the, the one note that I put under um track eight, Bring a Torch Jeanette Isabella in case we got to it, was I just put the question, Did you have all your harpists together in one room for this track? <laughs> that would have been cool.
2: We recorded them separately. Oh okay, but okay. I, <laughs> I I regularly attend and play at harp recitals where yeah. there are, you know, eight or nine harps yeah. in a in a church and we all play together.
0: It's Sophie, fun. Have you ever heard of the Spanish Peaks uh, Pipers Retreat um, that happens in Colorado every year?
2: No, I haven't.
0: It's like, it caters to like small pipers, Scottish small pipes, Illum pipes, that kind of stuff mostly, um, but they often combine with harpists as well. So it's the Spanish Peaks Pipers and Harpers Retreat, I, maybe every year, but certainly a lot of the years. Um, and they just get a room full of harpists and small pipers. And uh, I've never gone, but it seems like it's probably pretty
2: soon. Oh my gosh, that sounds so cool. And it's just in Colorado.
0: me about that. the real folk r-e-e-l it's clever it's fun i like it so where did that come from
1: we like Rails. Mm-hmm. yeah it was and like the 10 minutes of brainstorming the same, the same <laughs> <language>. <laughs> no plus there's no pun factor there yeah yeah on, honestly i feel like we talked about it for like maybe 10 to 15 minutes we battled mm-hmm. on if it should be real folk or the real folk we settled yeah. on real folk and then quickly reverted called it the real folk mm-hmm yeah.
0: um it's fun that i i so i i, I play with you know a little secret to the listening audience here i play with a band called the fabled folks and so there's obviously a like to the death um like uh what was that jet lee the one movie or like highlander right like there can yeah, there can absolutely. be only one the only one yeah exactly it's, yeah
2: oh this and is, we have dueling banjos, dueling banjos all all set right jim
0: Mm, yeah that's right yeah <laughs> it'll be dueling banjos and dueling harpists obviously and dueling uh, accordionists and we'll, we're all going to be dueling and eventually there will be one folk yeah so you're handling little. three
3: of those duels uh single-handedly you <laughs> yeah. <know that? laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah or if we count the guitar so <laughs> there
0: we go uh well i i like the name it's very cool and it's fun to think that like of course it fits so of course he came to it pretty quickly
2: I have a sentimental sappy comment about our band name the real folk
0: <laughs> yeah good tell me yeah made, bring tears to my eyes
2: okay we kind of went through a transition earlier this year where we had some band members leave and we um we got a new fiddler or we found a new fiddler and um the three of us were talking about our name the real folk and kind of maybe The meaning in it is that we play music with whoever wants to play music like the folk of the real folk is inclusive, that whoever would like to play music with us is welcome to play music with us. Um, And that goes into the sessions that we've had like we've had a number of um, of uh, Scottish sessions this summer at um, a couple of Scottish festivals. And uh, we hold a regular session, a kind of a learning session in uh, at the Springville Library every month. Um, that's just a blast. We just get people who maybe haven't touched their instrument for like, I don't know, years who will come. And it's just so much fun.
0: That's beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's dangerous that a kind of elitism can sneak into even session music. And so to have that in mind, and I think this also is like it's being borne out by, again, this awesome collaborative album that you've put together, that that open and welcoming feel. That makes sense.
3: Yeah, I I find that mind blowing. I mean, I, I guess, yeah, it really does feed into kind of the direction we took for the album. I remember discussing early on that we kind of wanted it to be a celebration of just all the really cool musicians we had met and connected with playing in sessions or just Happening to meet and invite to jam with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wanted it to kind of be a wide-reaching, kind of a showcase of of all the awesome local musicians that we've been able to, you know, share this experience, which is folk music with.
4: Yeah.
3: And I, I I you can just communicate through a jam in a way that is impossible through words if you choose mm-hmm. to use it that way, you know? And um and yeah, it, it, I, I just, I love inspiring people to kind of pick up their instruments and decide to do, you know, one new thing with their life, which is, you know, develop a skill and put that skill into their hands and into their hearts and
4: mm-hmm.
3: let that enrich their lives. And that, in my mind, that's the real, that's the real magic of folk music is participation. I feel mm-hmm. like you can enjoy it listening to it, but you can never, you'll never enjoy it as much and t- you know, until you get into it and start making it in some fashion. And it's really never too late to, you know, start. Mm.
1: And in my experience really quick of me first learning about the band is that um, my cousin, she texted me and was like, hey, I need someone to fill in on guitar in my, in my like Celtic folk band. Do you want to come try and practice? Mm. And I've played guitar since I was 15. I'm pretty confident on it. But I felt like a lot of my musical talents were being criminally underutilized. And so I was like, (laughs) well, I do technically play the guitar. It doesn't sound that difficult. So Mm. sure, I'll go. Uh, And it it was an instant thing. I mean, like I was like, I'm playing music like I know how I've always known how, but I have not really had the time. Like ever since I finished college, it's been not really a thing. And then all of a sudden it was and I didn't really look back at all. So.
0: Mm. Well, that that's beautiful. And and I think that all, all of this seems to shine through in the albums. Let me just say real quick, if anybody doesn't have the album yet, there'll be a link to where you can get it on Bandcamp. In the in the show notes, we have not listened to all the tracks and all of them are great. And that finisher track, the note that I wrote under that one when prepping for the interview was this feels like a victory lap. <laughs> so <laughs> is that about right? Is that sum it up?
1: <laughs> yeah, that sums it up. Um yeah. but speak oh, what were you gonna say, Chris?
3: Oh, I mean, I I know where you're going with this, Sam, but I promise I won't steal your thunder. But it's just I thought about it like you know when you go to see a play and it's the bows music after yes. like the final note yeah that's kind of what we wanted to do it's like anytime we had a, a person come in and record something we're like hey record solo. and we're mm. gonna throw it at the end of the album interspersed with a bunch of kind of frenetic we wish you a merry christmas verses so
1: yeah, yeah. i dig it yeah okay so two minute dash to the finish line on the story of the song From, I'll you, Sam. i won't interrupt you We were at a party uh, on St. Patrick's Day, um, and I heard a song on the Bluetooth speaker. I shazammed it, and it was The Chieftains, Give the Fiddler a Dram. I was instantly infatuated with this song. It was so cool. It was just really simple formula. Chorus, uh, solo, chorus, solo, chorus, verse, chorus. It always came back to this chorus, and it was such a banger. And so all these different musical like solos on display. I even named it a second time because it's like a 10-minute song, and it really starts to wander towards the end, but always comes Mm -hmm. back to the same chorus. Uh, And so I've probably listened. I mean, it showed up in my top five songs for the year on Spotify. Obviously, it's such a good one. So we came up with the idea of just modify the rhythm of We Wish You Merry Christmas a little bit. Uh, give it more of a 4-4 four, four feel than a 3-4 waltz. And we're like, this is our time to showcase what we got. So we came up with the idea, we do the chorus, we do a solo, we do the chorus, we do a solo. And it gave us an opportunity to get a really cool violin solo, a really cool harp solo, a really cool accordion solo. And we just dragged it out as long as we could. Uh, and it really is uh, just kind of a celebration of everything we've done this year. Um, as Sophie was uh, as Sophie talked to us about that it's kind of like our kind of our year recap of some of the stuff we did some of the music we played with other groups uh the people we've met it was really just it was a little gratuitous but in I think a really good way no eight
0: eight minutes would have been too much seven and a half was perfect. <laughs>